Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Welcome back. We're back, we're back, we're back. And Steph, the Fanalist, is back. Hi. Hi. We also got Beaner here tonight. Thank you, sir, for joining us. The Leafs win. We are at five in a row. There are many things to talk about. It's a good night. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, where it is never too late for the Leafs ever, ever, ever. Presented by good old Inside the Rink, where you can go and check out articles pre-game, articles post-game, things about the goings-on in the NHL universe, as there have been lots of things going on this year. And you can also get our merch over there. So head on over to InsideTheRink.com and grab some LLN merch. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And I think you can still... I don't know how fast the shipping is, but I'd say get it in soon if you want to get it by Christmas. Sooner than later. Because <laughs> uh, I ordered stuff the day it dropped. Have you guys gotten any of your stuff yet? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. So hopefully soon. In other news, Steph the Fanalist is back, as I mentioned. Where were you and what were you doing and how was it? Well, first, I was sick as a dog, (laughs) missing a bunch of episodes, literally, and now my voice is still kind of fucked. Like, I went to Florida to escape all the winter cold madness here and, you know, just a nice little getaway and uh, slightly recovered, felt great, and then I came back and the next day my my voice is gone again. So it was nice to get away, but at the same time, it's like, ah, I miss so much. Like, I miss my Leafs. I didn't get a chance to watch the games, so. Oh, we missed you too. And I'm in the same boat. I mean, over that weekend with the 2 o'clock game, uh, we never, I mean, we talked about it before, but um, the actual inconvenience of that being on at 2 o'clock was... uh, Wow, not lost on anybody. I didn't get most of it. I don't think most people did. And then uh, I missed a lot of the next one, too, because of work. So, you know, we've all kind of missed the last little bit. So it's good to have everybody back back on track and doing what we love, which is watching and talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, we're refreshed. Uh, We're ready. It's, you know, the holidays are coming. So... Might as well jump on this hot wind streak of the Leafs, and yeah, everything's looking good for our buds. Yeah, holidays are coming up. We last year did our 12 games of giveaways. We're going to do something similar this year. We're going to give some stuff away. Um, we should probably talk about that before. Uh, let's announce it on uh, Saturday. I might actually, Saturday might not be good because I'm moving on Saturday. I'll hopefully have my office set up. I'll, I'll make a promise. I'll, I'll get it Saturday. I'll be here Saturday. We'll <laughs> announce the contest. We'll announce the giveaway. I'm going to do it. Okay. That boy. <laughs> yeah, we'll hold you to uh, it. Oh, also, before we talk about the game, the uh, the Leafs posted that the jerseys from tonight, the reverse retro with the Boris Salming King patch would be available with proceeds going to ALS research. Um, Beaner, you want to jump in there for something? So uh, I just... The jerseys themselves on their website, the reverse retros, they were showing it with the patch. You could order it with the patch. They're completely sold out now, which is awesome. Um, and obviously, if you order the jersey, it you know, congrats. Good, good that you got it when you did because it's a great deal. 
they are also auctioning off the ones that they wore this game. Ooh. Yes. And before the game even started, hours before the game even started, just for shits and giggles, I logged in to see. Guess what the first bid on the John Tavares one for tonight was? Ooh, with proceeds going to charity, man, it's hard to say. Like if when it's just like to buy it, it's you can kind of guess, but someone making a splash for charity. I'm going to say like what 15,000, 10,000, 20. 20. Okay, so I <laughs> so the the cheapest one I saw was I think the Riley it was Riley or like Zach Aston Reese or something at that point was only like seven or eight hundred dollars. Well, Damn. I mean, because Riley's wouldn't be game worn because yeah, just game issue. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I really applaud the Leafs for you know pulling up their socks and just taking all of the proceeds and donating to ALS Action Canada. And the fact that there's three ways to donate is amazing, even though we found out about those like hidden shipping fees and such with the patch there. But yeah, like Beaner said, auction with the jerseys, you could buy the patch or you can buy the reverse retro with the jer- with the patch on it. So that's awesome. Yeah, people were a little outraged. The patch is $19.99 and the shipping is $29.99. So um <laughs> Do we think, I don't want to say it, I don't want to say it, they might be recouping some costs there in the shipping. Okay? Of course. There's there's no doubt in my mind that they're doing that because I have, I've shown pictures before, um, I have a, a bunch of the Legends Row statues because for each Legends Row statue they made a miniature. And my, like my key on one for instance, I ordered it through Real Sports and had it shipped to my house. That was only $20 to ship. And that yeah. was like a two foot tall by like one foot square box. This is a patch that can literally fit in an envelope. It does not cost $30 to ship an envelope nationally, let alone within Ontario. Like where's this coming from? Yeah. Like it, it's $11 to get our, our merch from inside the rink. And it's like through the States. How I just, I don't get that. That's it's true, because even I mean, when I, uh, I it, custom I ordered the baby jersey for Darty's new baby, uh, it cost $20 for uh, domestic shipping. So I don't know where they're getting these numbers from, but I think you're right, Roscoe, on this. Uh, while we're talking about Leaf stuff, do we want to show off our, our cozies here, Beaner? So I, this one was gifted so. to me for my birthday over the summer. This is fun if you're watching video. It's like a Leafs jersey circa, what would you say, like 2005? No, before even... that, that's that's the like peak Battle of Ontario. That's 2000, probably Two. 99 to 04. Okay, yeah. With the TML. Uh, fun fact, my dad, Ed of Ed's Text, who I, I can bring up some Ed's Text this time, um, claims that he created this logo the tml logo one day he drew it on a piece of paper and threw it out (laughs) and he thinks that someone found it and they went you know what this isn't bad he's like i swear (laughs) i sketched that exact same thing out um but yeah i have this foam it's like a jersey i like it because it's you know it's got some 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 definition to it some grips yeah (laughs) i've got the uh the old school the 2014 winter classic leaf and it's like the it's like it's a hockey sock the old wool nice so this is my my favorite one i had lost it for a long time but my wife and i are a little crazy we've moved a lot in the short time we've been together um owned a handful of houses and 
were a little crazy in that sense. So it was packed away for the longest time and I thought I lost it and I found it recently. So nice. Mm, wow. I mean, so, speaking of packing and moving real quick, this is the last time <laughs> you're going to see this set up because uh, Saturday I'm moving into a new place. I'll have a new office, brand new setup going on, Ooh. which will be nice because I'll be building it from scratch, knowing that this is what I'm going to do with it instead of trying to piece something together on an office that I built for something else. So, yeah, should be fun. So now you know not to tape up your uh, sound foam pieces. You're going to use <sighs> nails. <laughs> I can't use nails at the new place, but I have to find some way I can get them to stay out because it's ridiculous. The other thing I'm not going to do is uh, keep the guinea pigs in my office because as cute as they are, it smells in here a lot. Oh, so. Mitch and Marnie. <laughs> no, Mitch yeah. and Austin. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yep, Mitch and Austin. They're cute, but all they do is poop. So... They're if also kind of loud, which is annoying for recording. I'm, I'm sure my my cat Pumpkin would enjoy meeting them. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it's funny. We for so long we kept Minu, our older cat, away from them, and we got the kitten back in August, and she's now what is it? June, July, August, July, August, September, September. Six months. She's six months old. Like next week. Um. The amount of times I've caught her in the guinea pig's cage, if the door is like cracked open or something, she's just like in their pen because she can jump into it, but they can't jump out, obviously, because they're little. Um, but she jumps in and she'll just be standing on their hut looking at them and they're hiding. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Why do you torment them? Why do you torment every other pet in this house? <laughs> she's hilarious. Wow. Well, you know, guys, tonight, uh, just jumping back to the game, uh, Bore. Oh, is this me. a hockey show? <laughs> right, right. Is this hockey show or what? No. Uh, Boris Salming, unfortunately, passing November 24th, had the 21 second moment of silence tonight. And yeah, I'm glad they did it, of course. But there was a big outrage on social media. You know, why, do, why don't the leaves keep the patch, right? Or replace it on top of the milk or add it on the, like, just keep it on the shoulder. But I was looking at the history and the Leafs have only had six patches in their history and only twice have they worn it all season long. And can you guys guess which ones those were? If you know any at all. Interesting. Good question. Okay. So the six patches, we've got Selming, Bauer, um, Armstrong, King Clancy, Mm -hmm. Pat Quinn. Yep. And holy galaxy bean. Um, you got this. The only other one I can think they would have done would have been something for Peter Zezel. But I don't actually recall seeing that one. Mm-hmm. There's King Clancy, Harold Bauer, Pat Quinn, Johnny Bauer, Armstrong, and Salming. So, so they did one for that all. shithead Ballard. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I was going to say Ballard, but with the names you were saying, I was like, if they did these guys, there's no way they did one for Ballard. Like after he was gone, who was going to honor? I guess they did though. I now, mean, so which Cl- one Clancy, stayed on they, the Jersey for the whole year? Clancy, Sorry, Bean. Clancy and Ballard. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, similarly, isn't Ottawa wearing the Melnick patch for the whole season? Yeah, as much as people don't like Melnick, there's a 
significant difference between the two. Oh, I'm not comparing take- him to Ballard in that sense. <laughs> I'm just saying in the sense of like the owner passing is a little different, I guess, than um, a player, regardless of the context. I guess it's just, I don't know, it's different. The, the, the only difference is like someone like Salming, there's you could put the entire Ottawa organization since they've come back into the league and every player that's ever played for them and they wouldn't equal up to the same impact that Selming had on the game. Mm-hmm. Can't argue that. <clears throat> Can't argue or that. Ballard. And then even <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... And even like King Clancy, he was, he was a huge part of the Maple Leafs history yeah. right from the get go. Um, Johnny Boward, you don't, I don't have to go into how important he was to the team. George Armstrong, incredible captain. Um, captains of their last four cups. Uh, Pat Quinn, obviously, one of their best coaches they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And then Salming. Yeah. Well. On to the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh. you know, it's hard to do that, but we got to. <clears throat> uh, so Leafs in San Jose, we uh, we marked this as the game where Mitch could hit 18 and tie. I mean, look, let's let's start with this. We've been talking about ex-Leafs and, and history here. We've got uh, 18 games is the record standing on the Leafs, and Mitch Marner manages to tie that tonight, even though it came down to an empty net goal in the end. They managed to get it to him. So do we think, before we start on this game, uh, he's going to do it against Tampa because Steph, you were not here, but this has been what we marked as uh, going to be tough to do. San Jose was probably the easy one. Now you got to break it against Tampa. What do you think is going to happen? I feel like we were in this position a couple of times last year when the record was on the line and the Leafs weren't able to do it. But I don't know. This year, of course, I'm optimistic. We want Marner to break the record. Like, I, I, of course, I believe he could do it. Uh, I mean, the top two lines are buzzing, even though tonight uh, there were a couple switcheroos and then an injury to go along with that. But yeah, another one. Since Mitch and Austin are separated for majority of the time, I absolutely think that they can do it. You know. So, I'm sorry for cutting you off there, Steph. No, go ahead. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. I'm I'm a big time believer in the the old school thought of of hockey karma and the hockey gods and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, it always applies to the Leafs. It seems even if you don't believe <laughs> it. it, it does. <laughs> and if you look at um, if you look at how Marner's been playing, like take tonight for example, that he had three chances at the empty net. The first one, he was at the blue line. He easily could have shot that in the net, and he passed it. Yep. Right. Like there was multiple times tonight. The the last power play they had, he got off with over twenty seconds left in the power play because he was tired and he knew that would be better for the team rather than stay on and try to get that point. Like he's not being ridiculously selfish. He's just he's on a heater, and it's it's those little things the the putting the team first that mentality that those little efforts that are going to make that big of a difference. And yet again, with hockey karma, hockey gods, whatever you want to believe in, stuff like that really helps. So I I really think he can do it. Well, and I think the way the karma plays into it is if you're not being the person who's hogging it and trying to just get the, the record for yourself, 
you see what you saw tonight where everyone's trying their best to get it to him because they want him to get it. Like everyone's trying to help him out because, you know, if you're not going to do it yourself and you're not going to stay out here all shift, then we'll get you there. So uh, kudos to the whole team for, for really rallying and trying to get it for him at the end there. But started out a little differently where the Leafs had many scoring chances and somehow could not find the back of the net. So right out of the gate, Leafs are just flying all over the San Jose Sharks. They get three scoring chances. I would say the best of which was from Robertson, who actually managed to beat Dell, but it went through him and hit the post on the other side. So painful. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, like, one of the... Go ahead, No, no, no. I've, I've been on a couple lately. <laughs> Um, one of the thing that Nathan Bondi pointed out in his pregame article, you know, Sam Sonov's return. And tonight yeah. we saw that he looked like he did not take a break. He did not take a rest. He was, you know, playing so great to the point this first period. I mean, the Leafs were great in the ozone, but they had so many turnovers and, you know, two on ones going the other way. If it weren't for Sam Sonov, this would be a completely different game. So and Mark Giordano. Yes. And Mark Giordano. But there was good. no defense unless Mark Giordano was on the ice. The offense was great, even from the defenders, but nobody was playing defense except for Mark Giordano. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This was a fast-paced game. I mean, it was end-to-end. There was barely any neutral zone play. And, you know, there wasn't even a whistle until four minutes into the first period. And that goes to show that, you know, the Leafs were on it. And so were for the Sharks. For being a team that played last night, they won 4 nothing against the Habs. They did not look like they played last night. So no, that's the tough thing about the Sharks. I mean, look, they locked these guys down for a long time because the talent's there. A couple of them have the like if they got Couture and Hurdle and and Meyer and like guys that can score. But it's just it's not a full team and it hasn't been for a long time. So that's exactly what you see is they score a bunch and they also can't really do much else. Yeah, like uh, like Steph was saying with Sam Sonoff. Again, no matter what stat you want to look at, we're getting, as Steph would like to say, elite goaltending. <laughs> like Sammy tonight, one point nine four goals saved above above expected. Dang. Other other than the month of November last year, we weren't getting that. Yeah. You look at old school regular stats like save percentage. He was nine fifty eight tonight. Yeah, like okay, yeah, he only faced twenty two shots, but mm-hmm. he still stopped the ones he had to stop. Now his his stick handling, you can see he's been off for a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay on the net, please. But, I mean, he wasn't good before he went down either at stick handling either. No, but that'd be one of the first things that would go, right? Especially as a goalie because you never touch the puck. Um, so it it, 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 was, it was good to see. And then with regards to the Robertson shot, like, as a head coach, how can you look at what this kid brings every time he's in the lineup and say, yeah, he needs to be scratched? Like, it, it's, it's so not tough. it's not like he's a 10-year veteran. He, he's going to make mistakes because mm. that's that's how he is. But even when he makes mistakes, not the greatest skater in the world, but you know, neither was Joe Pavelski, neither is John Tavares. Like you don't neither is Mark Stone. You don't have to be the best skater to be a very effective player in the league as long as you know when to go, how to go and and where to put yourself to be defensively in the best position, offensively in the best position. And I I think 
I'm not I'm not saying he's going to end up like those three players that I compared him to, mm-hmm. but he's definitely an NHL player. You can see it with his brother. He's got the shot. He's got the, the hockey mind. He can do it. I think he just needs a little runway. Like, look at how good Lily and Sandine have been since they've been forced to play, knowing they're not going to be knocked out, right? If I have one bad shift, I'm going to have to sit for a game. Well, no, they know that's not going to happen because they're basically two minor injuries away from calling Roscoe and me to play defense for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, I got I to gotta shout out Justin Hall, and I think it was uh, Maple Leaf fan who uh, asked this yeah. one. But yeah, like honestly, Justin Hall has really... Yeah, here, Maple Leaf fan. Hall isn't getting enough credit for stepping up with the big three down. He's been the most hated Leaf this year, but damn it, he's really thrived in this increased role. Kudos to all the D for playing to their next level. Honestly, everybody has stepped up. Uh, but like I said, tonight, a lot of them stepped up on the offensive side. It was in their own zone that was really rough. Yeah, just a note on Hall and Robertson in the first period. Those were two uh, of those who gave away the puck that went the other way, unfortunately. Gregor with three breakaways, one off the Robertson fan shot and another off Hall. Obviously, mistakes happen. And, you know, the Sharks have to capitalize on all the Leafs' mistakes because they were hemmed in their own zone. But Robertson tonight, I mean, he had his opportunities, especially after Yarncroak unfortunately got injured later on in the game. Mm. And I feel like his opportunity will come. And it's so frustrating. I totally understand that. But to me, it kind of makes sense putting Robertson on that fourth line tonight. And, you know, using that kind of Malgan experiment, just like even Nathan Bondi pointed out in his pregame article, um, Malgan excelled on the fourth line. Let's see if Robertson can do the same. And I know everyone's kind of been saying he's a top six player only, but I thought he did well on that fourth line when he played on it. Like I thought he drove the net and he had four hits tonight, three shots. I mean, he was all over the place when he had his chances. So the only thing I can come up with is it's not that they don't like what they see from Malgan and Robertson. It's the opposite. It's that they want to keep them and the they can't get them in the lineup unless they trade somebody and you can't trade somebody if you're scratching them. So that's why you're probably seeing guys like Kerfoot and Engvall in every single night, even though the production has not been there. And uh, it's like you can't scratch guys because you draw attention to the fact that they're underperforming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's tough when you have so many clowns in the clown car, right? And now we're just going down the list of healthy guys. But I mean, he wants to stay up even if he's not playing. He's getting his NHL paycheck. He doesn't have to deal with going back and forth to the Marlies. I feel like he'd much rather that at the end of the day than, you know, playing what he did last season when he was injured. But It'll come, guys. I think Robertson's still a half a step behind. Like, there was a couple incidents tonight where he was, like, eh, like out of position and such. But it'll come. And it's with reps, too. And I get what everyone's saying with that. So, in- interesting to see tonight. I Like, yeah, okay, Yarncroke was hurt, and we all know that. Holmberg only played 750. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's like a Simmons slash Clifford ice time. Yeah, but it was tied 1-1, so I think they were just trying to keep offense but out there. Like, I don't know. That That's interesting to me to see that. Like, even 
like the next lowest aside from yarn croak you have czar and kerfoot both at just under 12 minutes mm-hmm. like that's that's quite a big difference from 750 to 1150 yeah and I noticed Czar had a couple of shifts on the second line with JT and Willie at one point. So it's kind of like, who do you put in that top six role when someone's out? I mean, in the summer, I predicted Yarncroak to take that left wing spot, especially after signing the four year deal. But now you just got to go down the lineup. And now we have Robertson, Malgin, and now... Who else? Right, Kerfoot, of course. Czar, even. I think they're just kind of seeing what sticks or who can get something going. Because tonight, clearly, you know, Matthews and Marner being off separate lines didn't work as well as previous games. And then putting them back together wasn't really sparking anything either. So we really needed something from the bottom six to, you know, make that statement. And good thing for our damn giraffe, man. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I think it's Leafs Nation's kind of getting what they asked for here because there's so many t- times in the first couple of weeks where everybody was screaming through Twitter and whatever about uh, Keith's choices in the lineup and who they wanted to see in, in there. And now so many people have been hurt that he's kind of just been forced to put everybody in. Like you now get to see how everyone plays. Congrats, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the first period, you know, no goals. The Leafs controlled the dot 62% on the dot. Uh, the Sharks were out hitting the Leafs like crazy, 20 to 7. You could tell you, they wanted the puck. All they could do was play a physical game and block shots and trying to intercept those passes. And um, the Leafs, you know, other than the couple giveaways and two-on-ones, they played pretty solidly offensively anyways uh, to start the first. Yeah, and in the first, they mentioned on the broadcast, we had 10 shots from 10 different players on the Leafs, which is kind of unheard of for a team that's built around two lines, right? I mean, you don't expect it to come from everybody. So that's a good sign that uh, you're going to see it from whoever's on the ice tonight. So, yeah, Uh, I have a little belief or disbelief. (laughs) No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Okay, belief or disbelief. Marner and JT will play more games on the same line than Marner and Matthews this season. Oh, that's a good one. Who wants disbelief. to start us off? Disbelief. Okay, Beaner, you think? You think we'll get back, uh, nature will heal, and we'll put Marner and Matthews back together? Yeah, like like we've talked about it a, a handful of times, it's nice to have options and... Clearly, the Matthews Marner line. Everybody had a book on it yeah. from last year because it it destroyed pretty much every team last year. And it's been a couple years since everybody saw the Marner Tavares. They put them back together for this year, but you know we're coming up into the dog days of the season. After the holidays, coming into January, February, it's normally when offense will take a little bit of a dip. Teams go into little bits of ruts. So I can definitely see. Um, see them switching it up again and, and Marner going to Matthews for a handful of games. Yeah. Steph, what do you think? Um, You know, my brain is agreeing with Bean, but my heart is saying otherwise. I hope that they keep them separated for now just because 
I love how, you know, JT slows down the play a little to find Marner and he has the time and space to work their magic. Meanwhile, Matthews is more and Nylander kind of drive the play to the net and they're more of like a faster line and you have bunting on the four check and it's kind of a two different dynamics to the two lines. And, um, my, you know, my hot take from the summer, three Leafs are hitting at least 100 points this year. And I think that is happening with Marner on JT's wing. So I'm going to believe it. And I mean, on that, I would say it's going to happen for JT if Marner's playing with him. So I just think because of the production they've seen out of JT this year uh, with Marner and, you know, in comparison to when they played together back in 2018, I think they're just going to ride this out until it stops working. And Depending on how long that is, you could end up, I mean, based on the, the question was, will they play more games together? Like it, it really just depends on how long it takes for people to, to figure them out. Because if that's, you know, February, then I think at, by that point, we can say we've seen them play together more than Matthews and Marner have this season. So uh, I think I'm, mm, I'm going to say, I believe it just because they'll probably go back to it in the playoffs or, you know, before then, like, I think they're going to, even if they switch back to Matthews and Marner together, they'll go back to this at some point when that goes stale again. And just, you know, question based, based on the numbers, I think you'd see them play more games together. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But tonight, you know, Matthews scoring his 12th goal of the year and all thanks to William Nylander, honestly, keeping that puck alive, battling hard around the boards. I mean, making that round the net pass right in front to bunting. Shot goes off Dell. Hollowell stepping up, taking the shot fake pass to Matthews, tip right into the slot and into the net. Oh, my God. It was so nice. So Ugh. nice. So and nice. the same thing. I mean, I think playing with Matthews has brought something out of Nylander where he's become a lot more, um, hmm, how do I put this, physically responsible and engaged. Uh, I think Matthews holds people accountable. Not that like, not that JT doesn't, but I don't think he has the same kind of temper where he would make you feel it immediately if he didn't feel like you were part of the play when you should be. I think he would pull you aside afterwards and give you a little talk. You know, hey, uh, I think out there next time we do something like that, uh, you know, you should try to come up on the left <laughs> wing. Cause you... So I, Mar- uh, Matthews, on the other hand, is somebody who will just yell at you on the ice in the moment. Be like, what the fuck? Halsey, what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah. I think that effect playing w- with, with Nylander has been good for him just to kind of be held accountable immediately in the moment. Like, hey, w- wake up, get back into play. Because, you know, it's something that you see with him. It happens for a couple games or for a whole game, and then he snaps out of it. Matthews is able to snap him out of it, like, in the middle of a shift. Yeah, and Willie's happy to ride shotgun with Maddie. Like, that's his boy, right? And, you know, this is the Willie. I mean, this whole season has been great from William Nylander. I'm not knocking him right now. But obviously, in previous seasons, we've talked about like how he and the word is engaged, right? Like you said, Roscoe, he sometimes looks not engaged, kind of careless with the puck. And I thought especially tonight, the puck was on a string like he handled that puck so well around the net, you know, battling, battling, keeping control. I mean, the the Leafs tonight had over 30 minutes of puck possession compared to 
uh, less than uh, 20 for the Sharks or whatever it was. But wow. um, William Nylander is playing like he played for the Swedes how I wanted him to play after that tournament, you know, like the couple of games and you're like, where was this in the NHL guys? Like, wow, William Nylander. And, you know, he's looking like that and it's great. And, oh, finally. And look, we've talked about how we like the fact that he doesn't care, but there's a certain, there's like a way to not care. And we mean that in the way that Marner gets very, emotional jack campbell gets very emotional like there's players that ride on how the the media talks about them like they always know what's being said i mean look marner can say he doesn't know but then he came out and kind of subtweeted the entire media and toronto fan base with his zed on his stick and gloves (laughs) saying that zeus doesn't care what he does or how he plays he loves him anyway uh so (sighs) Where was I going with this? <laughs> Where did... Marner is emotional. That... Yeah. William so, is not. So I think what Willie's trying to find is this balance between not letting his emotions bring his game down and not like not caring in that sense while still being engaged. Like I think somebody along the, the way told him like, just, you know, just don't care. Just you, you play better when you're not caring. And I think he, he's trying to find out what that means. Like, it's not, you know, just playing like you're just talented enough to kind of do whatever when the puck comes to you. It just means, you know, don't let the story around the team or the night or whatever's going on in the game or whoever's trying to get to you affect you because, you know, that's who you are is Willie Styles. Cool, calm, collected. Yeah, and kudos for Mac Hollowell. Oh my God, fifth NHL game of his career and way to make your name known, honestly, setting up that Matthews goal and the confidence to step up into that puck and, you know, shot fake the pass. Like, it looked like he was going to take that shot right at Dell, but no, Matty was ready with his stick on the ice and damn, like, I I didn't see the goal from the Detroit game, but I heard the announcers talk about it. Like, the second time he set up Matthews and way to, you know, stick your place in this lineup, which is what all of these bottom six and, you know, defenders need to do to stay with this team. And Beaner, what did he yell? At, at first, I thought it was just mac and, and cheese, but I think it was Big Mac <laughs> with fucking cheese. <laughs> I love it. So um, I got I got to kudos. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say before you go any further, I know he's like Matthews has always been that emotional person on the ice. So he any any of his teammates score, he gets into it. But I feel like lately this year, he's been getting a lot more animated. Oh yeah, and for sure for for everybody, not just the rookies, for Marner, for Nylander, for everybody, and like we touched on before, I think that's just more of the leadership coming through, right? He's not necessarily as focused on his like his interview. He said he couldn't, he could care less about about you know reaching fifty again, sixty, seventy, whatever. He just wants to win. Yeah, I think he's going to be captain next year. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it, it... When's his only when's he, he do for an extension 2024? Yeah. Only if I think, he signs. I think that'll come with it. I think they'll say, like, all right, you've you paid your dues from the mistake. We'll give you the C with the extension if you stay. Yeah. We'll we'll take it, it the getting the captaincy will only cost you five hundred thousand dollars a year off your contract. 
and eight what more years that? of your life. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Man. Uh, so I have to shout out my uh, my lovely girlfriend who caught while she was half watching the game beside me as she does before she goes to bed. Um, I got, you know, I got to give it to her. She knew little about hockey and, and has gotten into it for me, which is nice. Oh. Um, oh, I know. I love her. So we're sitting there and, and a Leafs scored and she looks up and she goes, oh, did San Jose score? And I was like, what? No, the Leafs did. She goes, oh, I was just looking at the thing and it said Sharks goal and it said one nothing Sharks. And I was like, wait, actually? So I, I rewound on the PVR and I was like, holy shit, it did. And like the Leafs scored and somebody pressed the wrong button on Sportsnet and right across the the scoreboard graphic it's like sharks goal one nothing sharks i'm like oh good yeah. <laughs> catch holy shit <laughs> that's a pretty big blunder i did not catch that whatsoever and you sent the pic to the group chat and i'm like what the hell are we looking at like <laughs> i did not see right? that until i posted the video on twitter of the goal and people were commenting like what's going on with the with the whoever's handling the button sort of thing and i'm like oh my god <laughs> where oh, are yeah. my eyeballs <laughs> i had just commented in our chat catching marner say like cheering for hallowell and, and calling him his nickname and then you posted that video and i was like oh okay cool johnny caught him yelling it at him and it's like no that's not what he's trying to see what in the hell's going on and i text, <laughs> yeah. I, I typed in the chat like what is this or what are we looking at and as soon as i finished typing it i saw sharks goal i was like what the hell yeah. yeah, and I, it's like it wasn't only just hitting the Sharks goal button, but giving the Leafs a goal. It said one nothing Sharks. Like, how do you yeah. screw that up? Yeah, well. Also, speaking of Sharks, why weren't they wearing their reverse retro jerseys? I hate that. Why do they keep having this where one team wears them and the other one doesn't? If the other team has an away jersey while well, the other one has a home one, make them wear it. This is so stupid. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing those jerseys tonight, but uh, I guess mm-hmm. next time... Wear them in Toronto where people are actually going to see them, right? You'll sell more. <laughs> no kidding. Ugh. Uh, so second period was not without a goal against, though, unfortunately. Yeah. A couple minutes later, uh, unfortunately, NATO scores. You know, Couture behind the net. Sammy has no idea where it is, but NATO's right in front for the quick shot and in. Nobody's covering him, and it's a 1-1 game. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have. We got to go to a question uh, after this from from Luke, man. But um, yeah, it's a one-one game after the second. So here, you know what? Let's just go to questions now before we go to the third, because a bunch of these have to do with the game, and uh, we might end up talking about things in the third period here. Cool. Okay. Uh, so. Actually, you know what? <laughs> They're all third period questions. I'm going to say yeah. that. I, I for, no, I thought I had some that were from the second here, and I was like, we should t- cover these first before we move on. But no, you're right. They're all from the third. Apologies. So third period. Third, third period. Bunting and Mark Giordano getting a little scuffle. So Bunting gets kind of a get two on one, as he does. And Gio steps in and goes, no, 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 no. We're, we're, let's dance, buddy. Goes after the 22-year-old. Going after the 22-year-old there, Gio? Yeah, because he's acting like a fucking idiot. <laughs> you teach one of my favorite clips. Shout out to Mike Rupp for that one. It's like, look up Mike Rupp calls Jody Shelley irrelevant on YouTube. It's like one of the best hot mic 
clips ever from the NHL. <laughs> he has he has a good clip. Like what? It's so <laughs> okay. It's it's funny at least. <laughs> um. So Bunting and Geo are the assholes that we always wanted. Who knew that we had assholes within all along? They have the passion. <laughs> they are the biggest passion havers on the team. Well, I mean, honestly, though, everybody's been saying like, oh, we got to get a. A Tom Wilson type, and oh, Reeves got traded. Why didn't we go to that? Well, um, because we have people like Michael Bunting and Mark Giordano who aren't going to take shit from anybody and have really stepped into that role. Not that they weren't already, but like they've kind of started to lead the charge of like, all right, don't don't touch anybody and don't mess with this team because you're going to have to either deal with Geo tackling you to the ice or. <laughs> The next time you hit bunting, he's going to sell the shit out of it and you're going to go to the penalty box. Yeah. And these were two guys who, you know, the Leafs were on the power play in the second period. Thanks to Kunin and Seacheck uh, there. Seacheck uh, hooking Matthews. I couldn't Matthews. remember their names because I've literally never heard of either of these players before. <laughs> Luke Kunin? Come on. <laughs> but Kunin tripped Gio uh, right after. They had back-to-back power plays. And this is, you know, the Leafs' chance to get Marner that point to, you know, get ahead in the game. And, you know, Samsonov, oh, my God. You, when you say goalie's got to play the goal, this is one of those times oh, where the puck bounces off his blocker, bounces off the backboards in front of the net. Couture is right in front, and it's just panic mode. Oh, my God. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, speaking of Sammy being a little scrambly tonight, um, did we notice that there was a point where he made a save and he pushed the net up and he was leaning up and the net was up on an angle and he was hanging there for a bit and then he moved forward and it came back down. So his entire weight pushing on it, lifting it up off of two of the pegs and it didn't come off. That is like half of the force or sorry, double the force that Matt Murray put on with his skate that knocked it off. So that goes to show. And also if anybody missed it, Elliot Friedman, talked about he's like i asked around if some of these nets are looser than others and yeah they they are and it's new jersey and minnesota's are the worst look at that oh. well actually I, I was gonna say and that's because toronto has a, a crew that actually knows what they're doing with regards to ice but the ice looked like it was shit tonight and minnesota is always claimed to be the most canadian place not in canada so they should know what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> that's true actually but uh, Yarncrow going to the dressing room with 6.51 left in the second period with a groin injury. So Yeah, I missed that. What happened? I uh, did not see the play on where it happened. It, he kind of just went off on his own, and, and people just noticed, like, oh, he's not on the bench. And uh, to start the third, he didn't come out either. And then we got the Sportsnet notification that, ah, oh, shit, he's out with a groin injury. So... Robertson has his chance right back on the second line. And then we have the reuniting uh, Marner and Matthews, right? So trying anything, trying anything to generate something. And, you know, Leafs are kind of pissed because you go, Geo got tripped, Matthews got hooked, Bunting got cross-checked by Magna without a stick, and there was no call to end the second period. So... When the third happened, and you guys mentioned Kunin pushing around bunting, I'm sure the tempers were flaring. 
San Jose Sharks have to win for most guys on the team that I've never heard of. Like, <laughs> like anytime I look at, at their roster, it doesn't matter what year it is. I feel like the San Jose Sharks are a team where I always look at them. I'm like, who the hell are half of these people? Like, where do you find <laughs> these guys from? And it's like, oh, they came from Minnesota. Okay. Another team that I usually don't know half of the players on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's some of the Western teams that are so small market and just the Leafs play them once or twice a year. And it's like, I, yeah, I know who your we, top guys are. Yeah. That just, that, that, that makes me, I, I don't know if that that's sad or because I'm looking at it. It's like, okay, yep. I, I know them. Yep. 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 Maybe Gregor was the only one I probably haven't heard of in a long time, but I think I even Unless heard him in junior a little bit. Unless they're fantasy relevant on other teams, uh, I don't normally know that much about them. Especially like random West teams. I'm in the same boat. The only guy I didn't know was Gregor. Uh, the okay. rest, we've heard names, you know, Lindblom, Lorenz. Lorenz, I believe, came from Carolina. Bonillo yep. from Nashville. Kunin from yeah. Nashville. You have uh, Sheshnikov's little bro there. We talked about him uh, when they went to Prague to play those games or wherever that was and they were you know threatened that they couldn't go because he was russian and uh yeah you're just Bar- they're plugs barabanov <laughs> was a leaf i i almost put a bet on him scoring tonight aaron dell leafs legend who's never played a game for the Leafs. yeah I forgot about him. he was actually a leaf for a hot minute first game of the year for him actually tonight and he posted a 935 so good on him yeah he actually played really well yeah, very yeah. well. And honestly, they mentioned it a couple times. The penalty kill was, uh, their penalty kill is really good, San Jose's. They've been hot of late. And to go up against a power play like Toronto, man, they, they're really good at just getting the puck and just slap it down to the other end. It's like, oh my God, such a pain. Yeah, number one in the league, allowing six power play goals all year long. Ew, They've that's crazy. Ki- yeah, they killed that the is. last 25 of 27, so... Well, I mean, Carlson has just been unreal. So it's like he gets the puck and it's going to be the other way. Yeah. 25 12 tonight, his time on ice. <laughs> it was funny. You guys know the uh, the famous, I got the team on my back video. Oh, yeah. So I tweeted that about Gio because, I mean, you said he looked tired. And I'm like, how does this guy simultaneously look like the most tired guy on the ice while quarterbacking the defense and being like the most offensive? Uh, offensively productive in the first two periods there of the defense. Um, and I was like, Gio's putting the team on his back. Greg Jennings. And uh, got the reply of just, oh, uh, no, let's go, like, go, let's go inside the head of Mark Giordano. Oh, uh, no, here comes top NHL defenseman Eric Carlson. He's the most sharpshootingest defenseman in the league. <laughs> Uh, I just love the internet when you start a meme and somebody finishes it for you. It's just, it's a wonderful I, thing, the internet. Eh? Halfway through the first, I, I was legitimately worried though, because he looked gassed. Like he, he did, he looked... but like he's playing, he's 39 and he's playing for literally both Mark Giordano and Morgan Riley. I mean, you could argue he's also playing for Jake Muzzin too, but like he's playing Gio's role and he's also like, towing into i mean like sandine and lily were good offensively hall was good offensively but like he's he's literally being the entire veteran presence 
Yep. 11.5 mil a year this guy makes. Finally, he's playing up to his salary worth this year. I mean, no Brent Burns in the back end for San Jose, but finally, you know, Eric Carlson, the one-man show, and uh, when San Jose first made that trade, it looked like the biggest bust for them. (laughs) It was like a huge fail. Oh my God. He came from Ottawa, had so many high expectations and look what happened. But I don't know. Tonight he was a minus two, two, three shots on goal, one hit, three blocks, one giveaway. Hey, over 25 minutes of ice time. He's the man. He wants to be the man. And just like they were saying in the intermission there, like I think if there was another man on the team who was the go-to guy he wouldn't be excelling just like his previous years Mm. so um just we gotta keep moving here because we're at 48 minutes and we haven't even finished the game yet oops we talked a lot about things um so uh i gotta get my throat ready for this so everybody was uh very vocal about two players on the ice tonight uh alex kerfoot and pierre engvall who have done the most nothing like it's their line managed to go out there and maintain control of the puck, move it around and generate absolutely nothing. And I, I don't I've never seen these guys able to just kill a minute of the game. I mean, I, it's better than it being in your end and giving up a goal, I, I guess. Great. There's that. You didn't get a minus one, but it's like they just they can get 70 percent of the way there. And then they all look at each other. It's like, okay, who's finishing this? Because I can't right now. Can you? No, I haven't. Sc- I, I can't score either. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, Geo, do you want to take the shot? Like, no one, yeah. none of them can score. And so now you get this two on one with Kerfoot and Engvall, where they're just like, uh, Kerfoot's like, I got the shot, but I know I'm not going to score this here. Pierre, you go for it. And Pierre's like, fuck you. Okay, fine. <laughs> he gets the breakaway and just here just kind of flips it into Dell and it's like, Oh God, you too. But finally, <laughs> so people were calling for this game winning goal is going to come from, from Kerfoot just because he hasn't scored in so long. And you know, it's deadlocked at one, one, it doesn't seem like anyone can get past him, but it wasn't Alex Kerfoot. It was our boy, the Toys R Us mascot himself, Pierre Engvall. <laughs> <laughs> Insert draft uh, noise here. I haven't gotten to do that a lot this year, but good for him, man. Like, fuck. Everybody's uh, been comparing him to, like, you know, he's the Nick Ritchie. He's the, he's like, what is going on with this guy? He can't score. He was so good then last year. I was so excited. I was hyping this guy up in the offseason before we got in to this year, saying, yeah. like, he was the one I was most excited for because, you know, with Mikheyev gone and Kasha gone, it's like Engvall stepped it up the end of last year. This is it. Keep it going, buddy. And it's like, Mm, we're back to 2021 all over again. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to hear something interesting about Alex Kerfoot? Yes. yes. <laughs> Last night there was a hockey game. <laughs> and oh. it was between the Seattle Kraken and the LA Kings. Oh, oh my God. And yeah. Before the game tonight, in that one game, both those teams got more goals than Kerfoot had points for this entire season. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, sorry, so the final score sorry, was The, the nine, Kings tied eight. it. They had eight, and Kerfoot was at eight before this two assists tonight. That is how bad he's been. And I, I don't know, like, we've talked about it before, the, the Swiss Army knife, and it's it's not being used right, and he's 
he's just not something's not clicking for him this year. Um, and I don't know if, if he's got some sort of nagging injury or something, but it, it was nice to see him get a little bit of something tonight. And maybe it just takes two really slumping players battling through it to, to get something accomplished and to get through it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting seeing a game last night where, you know, he's at eight points on the season and the Leafs have what played 20, 25 games. Yeah, how many games are we at now? Twenty. I think we're fifteen, five and five, aren't we? Holy, yeah. Yes, but just yeah. like that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Third period, one-one. It's literally the dying minutes. We're desperate for a goal because we do not want to go to OT. No, uh, no to OT. So please. Leafs go on the power play thanks to sight check again. See check. However, the hell you say his name. Trips oh, but Nylander. I don't know who the players are. <laughs> I've never heard of these guys, but however you say his name, sure. We There's a difference know. between knowing and knowing how to pronounce. Thank you. There's and many we... announcers in the NHL who can't even announce names properly. Yeah. And we all know no, I butcher funny. names. It's just what I fucking do. Like, I just can't pronounce to save my life. But anyway, literally the Leafs... <laughs> The Leafs are literally in those dying moments. They take a timeout with a minute and eight seconds left on this power play because they're desperate to get Marner that point. They're desperate to tie it up. And our heart is racing and we're all just like, ah. what we needed was our bottom six to pull through because obviously our power play units weren't doing jack shit. I mean, there was a ton of good opportunities, but nothing was going in. Uh, our top two lines, you know, you mix them up a little, injury happened, nothing was going in. But thank God for Kerfoot. <laughs> Guys, Kerfoot, not only on this play, also the Marner play, but yeah. also just to stick to this goal, Kampf intercepting this puck out of the neutral zone because the play was going the other way, literally turns it over to Kerfoot, shot off the pad straight to the giraffe and in. Yes, this is exactly what we needed. 2-1 on the board. Oh, and and Kampf's little baby in the crowd was so cute. Oh, so cute. So So cute. Okay, so thank the hockey gods we don't go to ot because the leafs uh, in case you haven't been watching this season have a really really abysmal record in ot <laughs> uh what's that one in five i thought they were zero and five yeah i don't think, I think they've got it. they've got huh? one they won one like really quick it was like within the first 20 seconds or something i forget which game it was it was earlier in the season uh, though okay. then we then we must be our last five in a row we've lost then i think so and they were all basically back to back. Okay. So thankfully we avoid going to OT and uh, this opens up a very, 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 very great opportunity to get Mitch Marner his 18 game point streak because, because, because Aaron Dell goes to the bench and there's an empty net and let the circus of trying to get Mitch Marner the puck begin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, it was so frustrating. You're kind of thinking like, damn, boys, do you want to just seal the deal? Anyone take it? But like you said, Beaner earlier, he was being, you know, like he was just passing it off to Bunting and hopefully that 
good karma would come his way and thank god he did because nobody was expecting a pass from him at all no like they thought as soon as he got the puck they're like all right great and they're they're like looking to cover other guys to make sure the puck goes in and then bunting's like oh fuck you're passing it to me what are you doing (laughs) now i have to score (laughs) don't put the pressure Uh. of your point streak on me because that's the other was... thing is like if he passes it off. Sorry, I'll, I'll let no. you go. But like that's the other thing is if he passes it off to somebody, then it's on them to keep his point streak going. And they're all like, I, I'm not. It was one thing when it was 15, 16, 17. Like this one's important. Don't put this on my shoulders. You put it in the net. I think it was the third attempt, fourth attempt that went in. Thankfully. Oh, my God. I thought Marner was going to get off the ice because obviously they're dead tired. But Good on everyone to maintaining possession and keeping control of the puck because, you know, San Jose, like we said, they're number one in the league on the PK. Like they were solid defensively tonight. So I'm so glad, you know, they all worked together, got that empty netter, tying Daryl Sittler and Ed Olziak. So good on Eddie Olchek. Olchek. See? See? Okay. (laughs) Okay. To be fair, he's before your time, so. Yeah, I got to shout out um, the one that finished my meme earlier. It was Adam at Pucker7, who also, now that we're done the game, I want to talk about this real quick as a start off of our questions. Uh, Cal Peterson beat Jack Campbell for the backup job in L.A. So the Kings traded Campbell to the Leafs. Peterson then signed a five million year contract. So did Campbell. Peterson now has an 868 save percentage and Campbell has an 875. Cal Peterson today was placed on waivers. Shocked. Do we think Jack Campbell is going to follow suit? No, there's no way Kenny Holland would would admit defeat that quickly. That's the thing is it's pretty early on. Peterson's sat with LA for a bit and it hasn't worked. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the first year of Campbell's contract. I don't think you can eat that bullet this early, but... Uh, Oh man, it's not looking good for Jackie over there. And the fact that Peterson, same deal. It's funny they both came out of the same system there, and it's the same result in the same year. They wow. They had Quick come up, and then after Quick, they had Jonathan Bernier, Martin Jones, Cal Peterson, and Jack Campbell all come up through that system. Hmm. Um, this is breaking. Thanks, Mike the Fanatic, David Alter. Sheldon Keefe says Kelly Yarncroak is going to miss some time with his groin injury. Are you joking? <laughs> Can we have a game that doesn't involve Keefe finishing it off with X is going to miss some time? Please. I, I hate to say it, but this is where it's going. It started off with the goalies and then it hit the defense and now it's coming to the forwards. Yeah, this is the first time since the first week of the regular season that our 1A and 1B are both healthy. Since the first so, game? Not even week? That's wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is kind of a blessing in disguise for the other crew on the team, a.k.a. Robertson, Melgin, and company. So, of course, we wish everyone full health and speedy recovery, but at the same time, this is the time to shine, buddy. So it's either you play to make it, like we've been saying all season long, like, or else what? Like, if you don't do it now, when? Because when these guys come back, you're out. Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, we're at our hour mark. We got to go to questions. We're going to speed through these. So Toronto Maple Leaf, LTIR at Jordan44, and Leaf Love at Leaf Love 2, both. Is Kerfoot back? 
And does Kerfoot have feet for hands? So we've got two <laughs> sides of this. <laughs> then we've got uh, Christopher Spree at Spree Christopher. Kerf with two assists. Is he finding his groove or just lucky? So a lot of people want to know, is Kerfoot just kind of lucking out here? Is he back on track or does he have feet for hands? As uh, Jordan 44 says. He has feet for hands and hands for feet. Um, he... I don't think he's quite out of it yet. As much as we've we've kind of gotten on him, um, I think he's still working through it. And he, he's been great for us in the playoffs when we get there because he's got that that asshole in him, right? Like we we need that that feistiness. I told you we all have our the Leafs have their own assholes. They found they do, them from within yeah. themselves. We just we need him to get through this now. Like this, this, yeah. this, this not being, we need him to, to get, you know, call up Dr. House and surgically move his hands back down <laughs> or back up to his arms and his feet back down to his feet. Like, it's like that doctor on Arrested Development when, uh, who is it? One of them wakes up. I think it's Michael. And he's like, are my fingers? And the doctor's like switched for the first time ever. He like <laughs> switches his middle and index finger around. That's well, great. As much as people hate to, you know, realize this tonight, two goals were thanks to Kerfoot. Without Kerfoot, Marner would have not gotten his 18th uh, game point streak. Uh, and then that Ingvall goal. I mean, yes, sometimes it's brutal, kind of like watching Justin Hall. But Kerfoot plays a valuable role on this team. He definitely can do a lot better. Of course, he was a 50-point guy last season. We've seen what this guy could do. Same with Pierre Ingvall. Same with so many other guys that are, you know, not playing up to their potential. But I think it'll come for him. And if it doesn't, he might be shipped a trade, trade deadline. Yeah, and I think... Either way, him playing well helps either case, right? Like it helps them move him and it helps them keep him. So yeah, can only good things if he's playing better. Surprising, eh? Uh, Mikey D from our last episode from the Believers Pod. Thanks, Mikey, for joining us. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and check it out. Uh, Mikey D asks, should uh, Engvall have been picked for the Tim's pick and play today? <laughs> Well, everyone should have picked Austin Matthews. That was a guarantee goal almost. Well, knock on wood, right? If I would have said that before the game, he wouldn't have scored. So, yeah, got one there. But, hey, why not? I hope the draft comes back in full force, unleashes the beast. Like, come on, Pierre. You you have it from within. Just do it. But I definitely Speaking of Tim's, have you tried one of those, those uh, new anytime snackable things yet? They're delicious. No. I was going to say it's not good, but what? <laughs> I had the jalapeno one and it's like one of those, the, the pastry itself is good, but the thing in the middle just tastes like a giant schmear of their urban garlic cream cheese. Oh. That's like as thick as they put it on their bagels. Like it's just a giant glob of like, like that's the closest texture. It's like a soft kind of warm <laughs> cheese with a cheese product. I don't know. It's just not what I wanted in the middle of that thing, especially the thickness of it. It's like the only, and then again, the only thing I can compare it to is what they do on their friggin' bagels with cream cheese. Well, compared to how shitty their breakfast sandwiches have become over the past five years, it's definitely an improvement. Yeah, Wendy's and W and McDonald's breakfast sandwiches are far superior than Tim's, and that's like, come on, guys, <laughs> you don't even make lunch. <laughs> well, I mean, you apparently do, but like, no one eats it. So. 
Anyway, I lied. This I is tried not the about jalapeno that, one. Not... Sorry. Oh, see, and it's whatever. Sorry, I'm getting off yeah. track, and I tried to keep us on track. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike the fanatic. Teams winning in the cup this year. Prediction season full force. Mike's prediction season. He's called a lot of stuff this year. Um, so serious question from him. How much fun is this team right now? Also, when Riley is ready to return to the lineup, would either of you and you bean as well try him out at left wing? Absolutely would love to hear your school of thoughts on this. So um, we, through our discussion, found that as kids, we both asked our dads the same thing about Thomas Caberle. Uh Hey, because my dad was always yelling about, you know, he can't play defense. And um, I was like, well, if he can shoot and score and stick handle, why is he? Why is he playing on defense? Why is he playing forward? Like, I, I, I get where it's coming from. Um, and it would definitely be an interesting thing to try that you didn't see a lot in the past, but over the last 10, 15 years, we've actually seen it a couple times and actually be very successful a couple times. Dustin like Bufflin. The Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup in 2010 with Dustin Bufflin playing as a winger. Brent Burns played a good chunk of his career in San Jose as a winger. Put Marner on defense and Riley on the wing. Done. Okay, I don't know if I go there. Sean Couturier, right? He started off as a defender and now he's a centerman that... uh, Wait, really? Yes, he changed positions and... Wendell uh, Clark was drafted as a defenseman. I knew about Clark. I didn't know Couturier was drafted as a defenseman. That's cool. So, you know, it's possible, and given Riley's defensive stats this year, you might as well, bro, because uh, it's not looking good going the other way. (laughs) I I think uh, in October he had one of the worst, you know, minuses or whatever it was, and, like, speedy recovery, man. But, you know, uh, it's never going to happen. Let's just put it out there. But would we like to see it? Of course, for shits and giggles. Like one game, just see what happens. Maybe the outdoor game one time, you know, at um, downtown there uh, in Toronto. But eh, it's it's not going to happen. So we can speculate all we want. All right. Next question. And the last one's here from Twitter. We'll wrap these in together. This is from Benito the Basset Hound. Um, and... Our boy, Run It Back, Marty Zilstra. So the first part is, uh, should we just give Mitch the Hart Trophy now from Benito? <clears throat> and from TML Fan and Van, is Mitch Marner the greatest Toronto-bred and drafted slash developed player in Leafs history? So Mitch Marner, as we have not really talked too much about tonight, hits 18 games. 18. They've only played 25. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's been, for the majority of the season, he's gotten a point of a game. So, at least one. Uh, is He's legitimately in the running for the Hart Trophy. I mean, I don't know how many other shows you guys listen to, but this has kind of been a discussion across the board right now, is, is who would be the top five for the Hart? And, I mean, you've got Connor and Leon and Mitch and uh, Jason Robertson and... Who would you say fifth? Mm. Eric Carlson. Right now, yeah. I don't think he's going to stay there, but right now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably forgetting. I mean, pasta. Well, Leafs are 11-1-3 in November. 
So that's thanks to Mitch Marner, right? Uh, six goals, 17 assists before tonight's game. Second among forwards in block passes. Seventh in six stick checks. Tenth on block shots. This guy leads all forwards in time on ice. And he's 25th overall in the whole league. So he has a good case. He just I needs to be consistent. If, if it wasn't like not just if you take points entirely out of it. I think, or sorry, if you were only looking at points, I don't think he would be even in the conversation. Because if you look at the league list, like he's he's nowhere in the top five, right? But once you factor in everything else else he does, the penalty kill, the defensive play, everything he does for the team, blocking shots, everything, I think that would play a big role in it, especially when you look at the... This award has almost gotten silly over the last 10 years or so, because people get very, very hung up on, on the wording of like most valuable player. A lot of people and, and Boomer Gordon on Sirius XM, I love his show. Um, he, he screams for it all the time. He just wants it to go to the best player. Like screw this value thing. Like most valuable to their team is the wording that everybody gets hung up on. Yep, exactly. Like that's why Taylor Hall won it for the Devils. When was that? Four years ago? Five years ago? Mm, feels like, like forever ago. Yeah. Right. Realistically, this should be McDavid's trophy, pretty much every year. With yeah. the way he plays, the 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 guys in on like sixty percent of the Oilers' goals every year. Yeah. It's somewhere between the forty and sixty percentage mark that of of the Oilers' goals that he's in on. Now, we've touched on it before, and I saw him play live earlier this year. I don't think his defensive game's where it, where it should be, but I guess when you're that offensive, <laughs> hey, why not? Because you get the puck, it's going to go in the other net. Yeah. But once you once you factor in everything else Marner does, I, I would think, especially with the wording and how players or how the voters like to stick on that, I think you could make a case that he would be there, especially if he keeps this up. Yeah, and especially with what he's been able to bring out of JT and, you know, he's sticking with Matthews, Matthews scores. It just, he's he's able to create magic. You know, he's magic Mitch, right? Yeah. Uh, and and the- how many guys do you see that are in the top scoring there that are also playing on the penalty kill as well as the power play, right? Like he's the only one that kind of plays um, at the same level as the others do on the offensive side and can still play uh, defensively. Sorry, Steph, yep. go ahead. Yeah. um, When I think about this question, I think, you know, the team as a whole, we have the Leafs who have four players with at least 25 points on the team, the only team in the league to do so. And you're right, Johnny, when you break it all down, like Marner's the only guy who plays on the PK. But what is he more valuable than Austin Matthews or JT? I would still consider him around the same tier and, you know, Matthew's a little bit more. So the discussion for Mitch getting the heart, like he really has to stay consistent, like no month slump, none of that, like, um, you know, emotional breakdown going on. Like he has to stay solid and lead the way. And of course he can do it. Of course, it's just a matter of results and he's on the right track. So it's just time will tell at this point. I think it's too soon. The only argument I would make for, and this is again, this is not saying better player, but like more valuable to their team. Like we've seen the Leafs play without Matthews and they're actually 
really good. Like they consistently yeah. win when he's out of the lineup. Everybody's really good at stepping up. And one of those people is Mitch Marner. We haven't really seen the team play without him. Like Marner's never really had, correct me if I'm wrong, like a, a long-term injury where the team has had to figure out how to play without him. No, he had, Knock on wood. I think it was the next gen game back in, what was it? 2017, that like afternoon game against Carolina, a game or two after that, he got injured and missed a handful of games, but nothing major. It was only like four or five. And yeah. you've seen this on some other teams. Like Pittsburgh is infamous for this every single year. Crosby will get hurt and Malkin will get hurt and the team doesn't miss a beat. Yeah. Which yeah. is just baffling. And speaking of the Penguins, thoughts to Chris Letang, speedy recovery oh, sh- tanger. Like that is no scary kidding. shit. Yeah. Anybody missed it? Uh, Penguins on Monday said that he uh, missed the game due to an illness. And then today, uh, Chris Letang himself coming out and saying that he suffered a stroke. And it's his second one since 2014. So mm-hmm. hoping uh, the best for him uh, recovery wise. I have personally experienced somebody close to me having a stroke and um, how they've had to deal with the aftermath of that. And it's not uh, anything that I would wish on anybody. So yeah, I'm wishing the best for the Latang family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a lighter note though, um, Marty asks if Mitch is the best Toronto bred and drafted developed player in Leafs history. So, I mean, Beaner, you asked, uh, Toronto was in hometown. I think it's just like one that they've drafted and developed and, you know, brought up themselves. So I think that really limits it to like what Settler and. Uh, Does it have to be drafted? The draft wasn't always around. Like it, I'm, I'm that asshole. I'm going to get this deep <laughs> into that question. Okay. Developed. If, if you're not, if it does, if it doesn't have to be strictly developed and you're staying even just Ontario, I would say you're, you're, you know, probably you're down to Sittler, Marner, and Charlie Conacher. Um, if you're down to, like, just players, doesn't matter where in Canada they were from, Davey Keon's got to be at the top of the list. Sorry, Marner. Um, if you want to go straight down to Toronto, it's it's Conacher and, and Marner. Um, Charlie Conacher played in the 30s for the Leafs, and he was a point-a-game player throughout the entire 30s, scoring, like, 34-35. He scored 36 goals in 47 games in the 1930s. Like, that's on. Yeah, that's I mean, the goalie was basically a defenseman, but... Well, yeah, but they were also skating on, like, tin cans strapped to leather shoes. Like, I, I can't make any... Comp- it's a different game. Like, I can't compare 30s... It's 90 years ago at this yep. point. Like, it's yeah. it's a different game. I Those records, to me, are records from an era. And you call it an era because it's it kind of lives in its own world. Like, the, the context is just so much different. It's like, you know, would the Beatles be the biggest thing in the world if they came out today? Probably not. Well, yeah. if if no one else had done what they had done beforehand, I would say so. <laughs> it, it it all it, it it depends what comes before it as well, right? I, but that's I, that's kind of the point is like you you just can't really make the argument. So like I mean, if we're talking, I would say like since since the draft, like if we're gonna say since the, the inception of the draft and what was it seventy seventy four? Um, should have been earlier than that. Actually, that would have been sixty. No. Damn, you're quizzing me and I don't have it. Um, oh, maybe. When was the first NHL draft? Ooh. 
that sixty-nine? Well, because interleague oh, draft were they had an interleague one in sixty-seven when they did the expansion. So I'm going to say the first amateur draft probably was sixty-eight, sixty-nine. Would have been right in sixty-three. The first draft was 63, but the first the NHL entry draft known as the NHL amateur draft until 1979. Oh, okay. Honestly, if you're thinking about modern era era and kids who have been skating since they've been been born and been in these extreme programs their whole lives and facing other people who are on the exact same level as them and, you know, this not taking smoke breaks between periods. Yeah, and like there's not just Joe Blow who's also a plumber and also does this and like, you know, actually lifting weights and they're training. Yeah. yeah, like good on them for skating on tin cans and you know having a medical breaking staff. ankles and breaking faces. Obviously, that's a whole skill in itself, but when you compare NHL players' skill today and what they've gone through their entire lives and just this the skill in general I do believe Mitch Marner is definitely the guy. It, if it's Toronto born and d- developed, of course. Like if you're thinking about today's game, I don't know. I I know this this hurts to hear, Beaner, but <laughs> <laughs> it just show, no, it goes I, to I mean, show you kids don't respect your elders. Oh, God. <laughs> no, and it's. I just think it's a point a point worth making that as the game develops like obviously there's people that are on different levels skill wise now like we see with mcdavid and company but i think what what you saw through a lot of the development of this game was like different people getting to that level at different times and it kind of dragging the rest of the the league up with them so you see these flashes of people that were like just so much better than everybody else so it's hard to make comparisons to to that but on that i think sittler is definitely still like we got to see more seasons out of out of Matthews and Marner before we start having these all-time conversations. I mean, yeah. they haven't played 500 games yet. Like, like we're to, talking less than a thousand combined between the two of them. To give you context for for Conacher, why I hold him in such high esteem, like he he was the the Rocket Richard before Rocket Richard. Like he was the goal scorer mm-hmm. in the NHL. Like he did, like just he was the shot the like the matthews that's how like his style he his numbers were crazy for that time period and mm-hmm. me being the history buff i am I, I can't overlook a player like him oh no and I'm, I'm not trying to like devalue hockey history by any means it's not what i'm my, the point of my argument there it was just to like just that it's hard to compare players that are playing in, a, in an era where like i said like the medical staff and the workout routines and the the knowledge of of supplements and sports science and things that just go into the players that are playing now. It's just across the board there. I think the base level of skill for like the worst guy in the league is a lot higher than it used to be. Oh, and definitely. That just, that just has an effect on, you know, guys can't score the amount of points that Gretzky did because there aren't guys that bad that are at the base level anymore. This is true. But then also some of the higher up ones, like you Google Bobby Hall, and you'll see a picture of him throwing hay in the summer in between hockey seasons. And I can pretty much guarantee you there's not a single NHL player in the league right now that is that ripped and would have been that strong. Not that you oh, need I mean, to be the, nowadays, but. What about the entire Sutter family working on the farm in the offseason? I was just going to say <laughs> yeah. that. I was just going to say that. Yeah. 
So I uh, I pulled up a stat after the game here as um, Marty asked this question. So Austin Matthews has played 432 games. Mitch Marner has played 452 games. So, I mean, we talked about injuries and missing time. Mitch Marner must have missed a bit because Matthews has, has missed. A, I mean, it, they've been short stints, but he has missed quite a few games, but he's only played 20 less than Marner. So there's got to be some injuries we're forgetting about or whatever it may be. But despite that, having played a combined 80, what's that? 884 games they are tied at 484 points each how unbelievable is that now who hits 500 faster oh that's a good question i didn't even think about that they're gonna hit it on the who's, same point when it's gonna hit it's gonna be oh it's gonna be like 500 and 499 and then like one of them's gonna hit it because they've been one and one right it'll be within the same game even mm-hmm. imagine Oh, you think, they'll, by but, Gino, you, you think they'll do it off the same? Like they'll be at 499 and one of them scores assisted by the other? Yep. <laughs> okay, so Beaner's take, they do it at the exact same time. I'm going to say Marner's going to do it first just because of the fact that his are probably going to come for more assists and it's easier to get a primary or secondary assist than it is to score a goal. Before or after Christmas? What are they at, 483? 484 points each. Matthews in 20 less games. 16 points. Let me look at the schedule here. Hang on a sec. How many games we got by Christmas here? Uh, one, two, three. I think... Mm, oh, it's going to be close. It's. You know what? They're going to do it December 29th in Arizona on Matthews' hat trick goal. Oh my oh. god. In what Mark period? <laughs> I'm writing this down. I'm taking Which note of that. Shot on net. Shot number 16. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. Okay. I say December before Christmas. 29th. Versus because Arizona. Matthews, I think, has six points in the last three games, or five in the last two, anyways. And it's so possible, right? Um, I say before Christmas. How many games was it they have before then? Before Christmas, I think it was nine or ten. So Sixteen points. That's I know they're they're on a hot streak, but that's yeah, that's, that's a good tight. clip. They've yeah. got some tough teams coming up too. I think, although they the do play the Kings coming up, so oh yeah, I could score like ten points there. <laughs> so we've got lightning and stars those are going to be tough depending how the obviously they play but two good goalies there kings then you got the flames and you got the ducks um flyers down their line they've yeah it's like good team bad team good team bad team especially goaltending wise so i'm gonna say it happens against the St. Louis Blues, January 3rd. Oh. I think it's going to be a bit, uh, a bit of a, it's going to be like what happened with JT, where they're going to be both at like 499 and they're going to go on like a three game streak of not scoring. They're not going to lose. Like other people are going to score, but I think they're just going to be stuck there because it's just the most leaf thing to be stuck at something 99 for any amount of games. 
Yeah. So the last game before Christmas is the 22nd and then the one after is the 27th. So I think either one of those, one of them will hit it by the 22nd. I don't think both. One of them. Okay. I'm putting these down. They're marked and etched in the history books. <laughs> um, so we've got, I mean, we're already over our time anyway. Do you want to go to a, a Discord question before we sign off here? Sure. I do not have it up. Sorry. Oh, okay. I thought you did. <laughs> Sorry, I got it here. That's okay. I've got it. I've got it. So, um, Lucas, love the reference to your international listeners. Need to sneak a Letterkenny reference. Um, we'll, we'll get a letter Letterkenny reference in the next one. But um, Kelly Cartel, Mitchie's streak ends at question mark. Oh yeah, I Ooh. guess we never talked about his streak ending. What do we think he's going to get to? Someone on Twitter told me twenty four. Oh um, yeah, that was a really bold um, prediction. Honestly, I'm like all the nerves kind of like game seven coming up next game for Marner to break that goal, that record, you know, like um, just the pressure. I think he breaks it and then maybe 20 max. Like I want him to go 24, but maybe 1920 if he gets it. So just for reference, 18 puts him 40th all time there's a bunch of players that have reached uh that number wayne gretzky has done it a couple times um but 19 has definitely a smaller pool that would put him in the ranks with uh ray bork Sidney crosby uh taylor hall even Corey perry did it peter statsny dennis savard mike bossy uh, perry <laughs> right anaheim docks 2009 2010 10 goals, 16 assists for 26 points over 19 games. Oh, the duck days. The duck days, baby. Uh, But I mean, outside of Gretzky and Yari Curry for a bunch of these, it's funny that a lot of them are from like the same kind of era between Hall and Perry and Crosby. And yeah, so a lot of newer ones. I was looking at the schedule and I was going to say they're going to, it's going to end against the stars because that's when Matthews hit the record to, was it to tie or to pass five? Um, for goals, but that would that would mm. coincide with Steph saying twenty games. So I'm going to say twenty two, and it's going to end against the Flames. Okay. Ooh. Nice. Okay. I'm going to say he's going to reach twenty. I think it's going to go down against Dallas because I just I don't know I don't like how Dallas scores a shit ton. <laughs> um, fun fact: Matt Sundin with the Quebec Nordique in 1992-1993 had a 30-game point streak, 21 goals, 25 assists. That is crazy. But can any of you guess uh, who, which active player holds the record for the longest point streak? (sighs) East or West? West. West when they did it or West now? Both. So they're on the same team. Yes. Is it Drew Doughty? Kopitar. No. Not Kopitar? No. Get Slav. You... Okay, it's a 26-game point streak, 2015-2016. Oh, 
1516 Western Conference. If it's not Kopitar, gets us retired. Dustin so Brown. Gets Brown's retired. American. The player is American or team is American? Yep. Both. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It's LA or Anaheim? Guys, or no? no, it's not. Joe Thornton. <laughs> Pavelski. No, what team was really? <laughs> what team sucks right now? Used to be really good. Sharks. Um, sharks. Guys, Patrick Guys. Kane. Oh Patrick. Jesus! Patrick Kane of Chicago Blackhawks, twenty-six game point streak. That's how Second. bad they are right That's now. Not I didn't even West. think of them. Yeah, it is. Chicago. It's in the Western Conference. Oh, it shouldn't be, but it's in the Western Conference. It's one of those dumb ones, but yeah. I'm thinking um, on the map, okay? <laughs> second second uh, of active players by only one game, 25, is uh, Sidney Crosby, 2010-2011, with, uh, oh. believe it or not, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and <laughs> funny enough, third place of active players is also Patrick Kane from the 2018-19 season, when they weren't even good. He had a 20-game point streak. That's crazy. So um, I would love to see Mitch Marner knock Patrick Kane. I'm going to say 21 because I want Patrick Kane to not be first and third place among active players for longest point streaks. So I would say at least that. After that, you know, it would be nice to pass Crosby. It would be nice to pass Kane at first, but at least knock him off of first and third. That's dumb. I was initially going to say he's going to go full full on heater and get 27 in honor of Sittler's number, but that uh, that would put my prediction of them hitting 500 points on the 29th in jeopardy, so I'm going to stick with Sidney Crosby is also second and fifth, while Kane is first and third. We've got to change that. That is insane. Wow. Um, another fun fact before we close this off, Paul Statsny has a 20-game point streak record. Peter Statsny has a 19-game point streak record. Isn't that mm, fun? Beat his dad by a game. Yeah, they actually uh, they showed a couple father son stats on the the broadcast before the game started. First one was uh, Ty Domi with uh, ten a uh, thousand twenty games and one hundred and four goals, and then Max Domi with one hundred and six goals in five hundred and twenty two games. So half the games Dad played, and he's passed him in goals. Atta boy. Atta boy. Uh, the other one was Louis DeBrusque with a thousand one hundred and sixty one penalty minutes in four hundred and one games. While Jake DeBrusque has 73 in uh, 342 games. So dad was a, a little more of a penalty box warmer than Jake. Different game. No kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that was, a, that was a little fun. I like I like going through those little fun, uh, fun stats that you don't think about all the time. Eh? So. Yeah. We've got two this day in sports histories today. I'm going to throw one non-hockey one out there because of the World Cup. Nice. So on this day in 1872, the first international football or soccer, depending on which part of the world you're listening to this in, game was played between Scotland and England, and it was a nil-nil draw. Ooh. Where was it played? Glasgow. Oh, I wonder how much they paid to have it uh, posted there. 
<laughs> Not Can a... <laughs> I just add one little fact on that? Uh, Qatar, for recent news, is the first host country to lose all first three rounds ever nice. in the tournament history. I'm, s- I'm so glad that they were such a great, appropriate host for a world tournament. Like, anyway, I'm right? Not into this. Anyways, hockey-wise, yeah. yes. on this day in 2005, the Boston Bruins trade their captain, Joe Thornton, to the San Jose Sharks Ooh. for Wayne Primo, Brad Stewart, and Marco Sturm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How did that one turn out? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and um, is this not around the same time that the Boston Bruins also traded Andrew Raycroft? To uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs for the rights to a Tuka Rask. That is rest. 23 games into the season after that Tuka Rask trade happened. Man, the Bruins fleeced everybody that year. Hmm. Well, the, shark, the Sharks Bruins, fleeced the Bruins for Thornton. Yeah. Speaking of Bruins. Oh, sorry. Just... Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah. Confuse that one. I just want to quickly say um, that I hate Jack Edwards and that um, it was so inappropriate for him to spend over 30 seconds on the broadcast to fat shame Pat Maroon uh, last game, pretty much saying, you know, pointing out his weight at training camp, 238 pounds. And then he says, I have a feeling he's had a few pizzas between then and now. We don't even need to... Well, quote him on it. Yeah, Pat Maroon has made a donation um, in Jack Edwards' name to the Tampa Bay Thrives. You know, you know, people struggling with mental health, bullying, body image. He's making a donation of two thousand dollars because this is just simply not okay. And he has a long history of doing this kind of shit. And he's never been, he's never faced consequences from his employer, so he continues to do it. And he gets away with it. And anyway, Jack Edwards is employed. By an organization that knowingly signed Mitchell Miller to a contract. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. That's all that needs to be said, really, with that. I can't wait till Bergeron takes over that organization. My God, they need it. Uh, what's crazy is it wasn't even like it was on a whistle or something. Like, there was play going on that he yeah. very should have much been talking about. Like, <laughs> Nothing was happening. He was literally Maroon was minding his own business, just playing hockey and literally playing. That's what I mean. Like there's a game going on. You're supposed to be doing play by play. Yeah. Um, He's had a couple, several other incidents where things have happened and his comments were just completely like inappropriate. For example, when Matt Cook um, hit Mark Savard so badly, it ended his career. Um, he compared him to Sir Saran Saran, a man who shot and killed Robert Kennedy, like yeah. during the live play. And then you remember Roman Polak, uh, Leafs legend Roman Polak. Uh, Leafs after, legend. after he crashed into the we boards. Use, we throw that term around way too much. <laughs> hey, I processed him at the airport once. It was cool. Anyway, he hit a St. Louis Blues player super hard into the board, and uh, Polak was taken off on a stretcher. And you know, uh, Jack Edwards was like, "That's bad hockey karma," and just going on about how that was karma for Polak. So, 
I don't know, just inappropriate, unprofessional. Sorry, Bruins fans, your Homer play-by-play announcer. Like, just have some respect and some class. Like, this is totally unacceptable in my eyes. So They get to keep him, but we can't have Joe Bowen on TV. Like, what the hell? Exactly. Right? Right? Holy Mackinac. Like, what is... Like, what is wrong with this picture? This guy is full of positivity and Leafs, like, fans love him. And then you have Jack Edwards, this slow Boston Bruins, like, accent that's, oh, I feel like I'm going to have a stroke listening to him. (laughs) And I told our RTR group today, and they didn't like that, but that's fine. They're Boston fans. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, shout out to them for posting this. If you're on video you can see have you seen this man it's on an 18 game point streak and they got mitch marner on the the side of a milk carton with the milk logo it's pretty cool (laughs) yeah yeah um so thank you for sending questions in remember if you want to join our discord just follow the link in our bio and you can hop in over there we've got it there now where it's super easy to find um yeah we'll be back saturday 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 would leafs take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And are we going to be eating some Vegemite? Um, <laughs> if you guys get your... Yep, yep, maybe, maybe. It's coming. So, so I mean, I, I posted on our Discord today. I um, I found some. I was at the Scottish-Irish store, which for some reason is also a bit Australian as they carry Vegemite uh, right above the Marmite. And uh, I got a little jar of it, so... For all of our Aussie listeners, because I know there's more than a few of you at this point, uh, shout out. And um, we're going to try it live on the air, which we've been meaning to do for a while. So I think that should be the first thing that I eat in my new house is Vegemite. So I can only go up (laughs) from there. Everything can only be better. (laughs) When I bought it, they were even like, have you had this before? I'm like, no, my lovely Australian friends would like me to try it, though. They're like, (laughs) "Okay, come back and let me know what you think. (laughs) been told not to spread it thick like nutella just do a thin thin schmear that stuff no no tim horton style mm, well looking forward to that and i'm not uh, it'll be on video so it's everyone gonna be will try it's like the equivalent of uh it's like our Shit. our no it's our our green pepper video it'll be our green pepper video oh yes yeah yes Okay, so thanks everybody for listening and hanging out with us for a, a long episode tonight. Thank you for uh, you two, Steph and Beaner, for hanging out with us for a long night, and uh, we'll see you. Bye. Bye. Sorry Are you about kidding? my voice. Go 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 Remember to follow the guys on Twitter at Leaves Late Night. And inside the rink. And inside the <laughs> rink. And um insert post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs>